Uh, welcome to Morning Bacon. Minutes. We've got myself, Michael Berger, Mark Novak, vacant to be vacant or not to be vacant. Today, the, let's talk about the decision owners think about pros and cons um, when having their property vacant or not. You probably think to yourself, well, do you don't want it vacant. But we sometimes think to ourselves that and owners choose not to accept an offer that we have. And uh, this morning, we sort of want to brainstorm, talk through probably the pros and cons that's going through an owner's mind, especially in a market where it's tougher and you're not going to be renting it for what you were renting it for previously. You may be renting it for 5, 10, 20, up to 50% less than what you're previously getting in rent. Um, and is that better? Is it better, Mark, to take 50% less or to keep it empty? What's what's what and some tips, yeah, some tips and tricks on landlords, the cool cats, how what they do, how they do, uh, how they manage their vacancies. Very, very interesting, but it's you know, it's not quite what it seems. I, I, I do have to admit, when it comes to commercial and residential, when it comes to commercial, the cool cats are generally, um, uh, generally winners more so, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, and they're really adaptive to the market conditions and they know where they are. Their fingers on the pulse. They know in the, they know which, because Mark, if a commercial property can be empty for, let's face it, for one year, you're seeing a few different markets. If you think to just that residential market in one year, there's been 15%, 15 swings up and down. So, you, you've got to really have your finger on the pulse to know where you're at and weigh yep. up those pros and cons is do you want it empty for maybe another year or just get it rented? They're pretty agile, these owners, you're right. Um, now, I reckon, and it depends on the style of property, um, When and we'll cover residential in a second, but with yep. commercial, the landlords are very, uh, not only are they patient, but they're agile. So what they'll do is they'll look at alternate uses. They'll look at investing money in a dead zone. So they're on, mm. they're potentially hurting, they're potentially even on their knees and they'll still invest a little bit more money to get another use potentially working in the place, even if it's not guaranteed and it's a risk. So that's like sometimes partitioning the walls. The great thing with commercial properties, particularly freestanding is you can, you can chop them up and make them to smaller pieces. Yeah. Hey, Julie. Um, and that's what we see a lot where it, it you're exactly right. They may put um, pull down walls, put up walls, do a bit of a fit out to try and hone in on specific use. And a lot of the time that's with no guarantee of a tenant um, working forward. Now, what would be when you, let's say, uh, let's use an example of a shop it was in Brookvale, it was rented for 50000 a year for the last 10 years. It's come vacant, it's been empty for six months, and now there's an offer of $25,000 a year. What sort of, what are the, what stops an owner taking that deal? You th I think a lot of it's in their head, um, but are, th are there any repercussions, Mark, maybe with loans, maybe with valuations, like, uh, what's your what's your view of a well? Some mortgagees now uh, a couple things that may stop that owner taking that because yep 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 sorry um you cut out some mortgagees uh, 
now insist that they actually approve applicants for properties. So particularly with retail leases, because there's such a long time. So it's quite interesting now. Your bank didn't really care once you took your mortgage out. They said good luck, and we'll see. We'll see you on the other end. Now the bank wants you to report the lease to them in some circumstances, approve the, and approve the lease before it actually goes ahead. Very, very interesting. So maybe your bank won't approve it. Is number one the value of the property being eroded? And I guess that's also the bank's interest. How does that work, Mister Burge? Yeah, so a lot of the time, the value of a property will be on the income. So, for example, if I've got two retail shops and one's rented for five uh, fifty thousand, and one's rented for twenty five thousand, let's just say on a five percent yield, the fifty thousand a year shop is worth one million, and the twenty five thousand uh, income shop is worth five hundred thousand. Identical shops, identical everything, and there's almost half the price difference now. If you bought a property with fifty thousand income valued at a million, and let's say you borrowed seven hundred thousand dollars of it, which you can thirty percent deposit, um, and now you've rented it for yep. twenty five thousand, that asset on the same metrics is now worth five hundred thousand dollars, but your loan is seven hundred thousand. So now you've got a the bank will look at it as a fairly risky, um, fairly risky deal, and sometimes what they oh I ha they don't normally. Well, they can do it. This is probably the, the thing. They can then say, well, hang on, we want the 20% buffer or 30% buffer between what it's worth and your debt levels. Mr. Yeah. and Mr. Uh, vendor, you need to pay us $300,000 cash now because the property is not worth a million. It's worth 500 and we only, we only want to have a debt level of 300,000 on it. So we need that cash now or otherwise we're pulling the funding which could lead to an owner selling. I think that's a very drastic example, but it is an example and it, it, it's very reflective of um, the income that's there. So that can sometimes really put off owners doing a deal. Because Mark, I know a big saying, especially a lot with our, um, our Italian and Greek owners, their attitude is uh, some school money. Of, uh, school, of economics, school of economics saying, yeah is some money is better than no money. So you've had it empty for six months, yes. you've got a deal, it could be empty for another six or 12 or 18 months, because you may be in the market, that 50 grand you're getting just may not be achievable. No matter how much you hope and pray and paint this and do that, it's tenants are just not gonna pay that. So would you rather for at least a year or two get 25 grand a year or no money? And also their holding costs are less. So a lot of landlords, when they bought these properties 15, 20, 10 years ago, interest rates were at eight, nine, 11%. So if they're currently got commercial rates sitting at three, four, 5%, maybe they're borrowing yeah. in off residential to, to secure those types of low loans. But your actually cost of holding the asset is one third of what it was 10 years ago. So yes, you're taking a hit on rent, but you're actually, your rent, your, 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 your holding costs is 33. That's assuming they haven't eroded any of the debt. So they, they hold their, their 33% is their holding costs of what it was 10 or 15, 20 years ago. So to have a rent of half just to get through this environment sometimes isn't necessarily that bad, eh? Yeah, it's a good point. So, and so when I'm advising, advising clients, it's like with that example, I, I do ask, I mean, you've got to have a really good relationship with your owners um, because I basically say, 
one, would you be looking to sell in the next, um, let's say the yeah. lease is three years, would you be looking to sell in That's the next three to five point. years? And yes. if they say, and I'll go through some of the checkpoints which would lead them to take the deal. So. Are you half, to sell? half the rent could be in half the value of the property that's that's that you're going to sell potentially. How does that work? Yes. So then that would be the other question. And before I get to that, will be: Are you looking to buy or refinance something else, where a bank's going to then look at this property as an asset? Because if you're going to go, well, I was going to refinance and then buy a, another a family ah. home then the yeah. bank's going to go, well, let's look at your assets and they're going to go in, they're not going to look at what you bought it for. They're going to look at the income or well, one of the metrics, they'll look at the income and then come up with a new value for the property. So in some cases, it would be better to have that empty while you go through that, um, go through that process because you can say it was previously rented for this because once you've rented it, that's the new market. And the bank may take that on face value, or they may um, put they may uh, assess a rental value to go have a look. But if there hasn't been a deal for six months, a lot of the time they will just take the old rent. So sometimes having it vacant is better in that circumstance. That's interesting. Who would have thought having a property vacant is a good thing? But in order in the big picture of financing and stuff like that, maybe yeah, I can I can see that. Another thing that landlords are doing rather than having it vacant is they're doing um, very low rents like pigeon, what do you call that? Pigeon popcorn rent, rent aren't they? Or? Popcorn rents. Popcorn so they're, rents. They're, they're, popcorn, um, they're doing popcorn rents to get mm. it rented and then they're ratcheting it um, over the next year, two or three because people's businesses aren't normally pumping from day one. So as their business pumps harder, they're paying more rent as the years roll on. So it may take three years for the landlord to come back to that rent. And, but you know, sometimes it's worth doing the popcorn rent now, get a tenant in there, get their business running. The tenant can optimize on low rent and you know, in a great location potentially. And then as business does better, year two pay more as business gets better, year three pay more. So rather than being vacant, wait for the hero rent, a popcorn rent, and then, and then um, and ratchet it up over a three-year period. Yeah, and I love this structure. There's two structures I um, implement and I advise uh, the owners I deal with is where you'd be, you'd be honest, it's the crap market. It's 25 grand a year or nothing. Now, instead of then locking it up- And this is commercial, year, we're, this yeah, is commercial we're talking about. We're going to switch to Resi in a sec. Yep. Um, instead of locking it up on a five, because a lot of commercial leases are three, five or 10 years when yeah. you get say the rent you want. So I say, instead of locking it up for five years at 25 grand, let's yes. just see if we can do a one year lease. Let's just get through this market where instead of having two properties in our suburb for lease, where we've got 15, let's just get some a tenant in there, some money coming in. In 12 months, let's relook at it and the market may be better or may not be. But the thing yep. is, if it's better, then we can renegotiate with the tenant because we've only done a one year lease. And if it's not, at least we've gotten income for that whole year rather than having it empty to get to another year and go, yep, still crap. Okay, it's going to be empty all year. So that's one way. Um, and depending on the style of business, you may be able to do that. So if they're going in, they're doing a restaurant fit out, spending 200 grand, they're not going to want a one year lease because they're investing so much. 
Um, but if, if they're just doing a retail shop and clothes racks, they may be more, um, they may be more willing to do a shorter lease because their fit out cost isn't that much. So then you're balancing going, well, I've got 30 grand. You may have a tenant go, I'll pay you 30 grand a year, but I want a five year lease compared to, I will pay you 25 grand a year, but I'll do a one year lease from the out from there. You may think jump on the 30 grand, it's more money. But when you actually dig deep and go, well, actually, it's only a crap market now because they've done a few new developments and there's a lot of shops. I'd rather only lock it up for one year and then I can renegotiate in a year's time. That's one way. And then what Mark touched on previously is doing, let's say they are a food business and they will not entertain a one-year lease. You do a five-year lease. Like, look at this way. If you got 50 grand a year over five years, you should have had 250 grand a year over the five-year period. Now you yeah. go to that tenant. Let's let's um, let's instead of having it even, 50 grand each year. Let's do 25 for year one. Maybe then we go to 40 year two, and then we go 55, 60, and 65. After the five years, you're still getting 250 grand, but you've just heavily weighted it towards the back. Because let's face it, Mark. A business owner doesn't mind paying much rent if they're making money. Like that's sort of the fact. So you give that business the opportunity to get settled, get up a business up and running, and then Build pay the, the high rent. At base. The end. Yes. That's it. How do these landlords afford to have these commercial properties vacant for so long? I, it's a lot of the time they're fortunate they're buying it all cash or with only maybe a 40% debt. A lot of the time, there's not much debt on it. It's not that residential mindset, Mark, or the loan criteria where you can get a not you can you can lend up to 98% residential, 95% 90. So you've got a lot more debt. The repayments are a lot um, a lot more compared to a lot more compared to. So you really, it's just that that's a big component. A lot of people buy them with their supermarkets, so there's no debt at all. So they do. And I guess they never, it's never their one and only. They've always got a lot of these commercial landlords. They have between three or, or 10 properties. So for one income to dip and go down, it's sort of, it, it's easier to pallet across because they've got another eight rents coming in. So if you're ever wondering that, uh, what Michael said is huge. And what mm. I'm saying is these um, about a landlord having these properties vacant, how they afford it. And often it's just not their only place as well. So yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting mindset. Residential property being vacant through COVID right now. Uh, we just had a absolute fire trailblazing firecracker month where we rented uh, just over 63 properties in one month. Uh, we Huge. normally, yeah, we normally hit about 40, 45. It just went absolutely bananas. So the nose is coming up um, of the aeroplane, which is good. Um, vacant properties, we have experienced longer delays. So in Northern Beaches of Sydney, we're seeing properties vacant. We used to have them rented. Uh, maybe they were vacant for three to five days in between tenancies. Now we're finding yeah. that the, the vacancies are probably hitting, what do you reckon, Michael, 15 days to 20 days? Maybe 15. Yeah, and that includes, to keep in mind, a lot of, we've always been able to have a very low vacancy, especially here at Novak, because 
you, you don't start marketing it when the tenant moves out. So vacancy counts from when it's moved out and it's vacant. When, when you've got a proactive um, property manager, you're actually starting that process a month or two weeks earlier because you're asking the tenant, you're having that conversation. So the vacancy period is really low. I find a lot of the people, um, they sit on their hands, keys get brought back and they're, all right, now let's start to find a tenant. But yeah, that's when point. you see people blow out, even in a good market, two to three weeks, uh, and then a bad market, three to five weeks. But I think we're probably sitting on about two weeks now, which is still double. Like, let's say that that's double. That's a couple of weeks and owners coming up with their own mortgage. It's interesting. So vacancies for residential have tripled um, yeah. from five days to 15 days. Um, rents have taken a dip for probably 10%. What do you reckon residential rents have dipped? Yeah, it's five to fifteen percent depending on properties, and a okay. lot of the time with owners, it's when they say, "Well, if I paint, will I get ten dollars extra? Will I carpet? Will I get ten dollars extra?" Um, in a good market, sometimes that applies like that thinking, but a lot of the time now, it's do these work so you get rented. <laughs> you spend five grand and you rent it for fifty dollars less a week, but it's to get it rented. A lot of owners the- struggle with that mark. And the principles are different, between Michael. Mm. Um, the, the the principles are different between um, residential and commercial vacancy. They're complete. They're like polar opposites, aren't they? They're, Tell me about so, it. Tell me how. Oh, they- thank, thank, thank you, Michael. Oh, thank you. Enlighten um, me. Oh, um, so the with with residential, you sort of um, it's better to take because also you can put your rents up much much quick much more rapidly. So if you do a lower rent on a commercial, you've got to honour that for three to five to 10 years, potentially. Yeah. If you do a lower rent for a residential, it's really just the term of the lease at the very most. So, you know, you can say, let's do a six months lease. Let's do it really low. Let's, let's talk when we get out of the lease and just get through COVID. So a message out to landlords is if a residential, get a tenant in there, take a hit, um, for residential, your interest rates are half of what they were not that long ago. Um, please bear that in mind. And then in six months' time, summer's here. Be more of a hero. Don't have to be silly if you've got a good tenant, but you can you can make up a little bit there and equalise a little bit in the marketplace. And Mark, I think we should mention because I think anyone watching this would is thinking to themselves, why the hell would I buy commercial property? It's empty for a year and I'm renting for 50% less. Mark, why do people buy commercial property? Let's give it a prop. What are some of the benefits? Uh, <laughs> um, I need to do deals. <laughs> yeah, okay. Come on, okay. let's save it. Let's bring it back. Why do people buy I'm commercial? Actually, I am really passionate about, about, um, about property investment. Guys and girls, you've got to realise that generally in Sydney, you, you will make about 15% a year. That's about the number for commercial and for residential. It's about 15% a year. But this is what you've got to understand. The yield and the capital growth are not the same in residential or not the same in commercial. But they will combined, they will still do 15%. So commercial, you may do a 6 or 7% return on rent a year. But you may do a six or seven percent, eight percent on capital growth, not as much capital growth 
because you're getting it on a on a on a yearly basis. You're getting that money coming in. With residential, you may only get a three or four percent, five percent return coming in, but you'll get a ten or eleven percent in capital growth per year. Now, guys, if anyone's doubting those figures, these figures have been going on for about 50, 50, 60 years now. Every single year, every single uh, decade, that's how it rolls. And I don't think that that's going to change. That's why you buy. What's that saying? You say, Mark, the property market's been good for 100 years and and I look forward to it being good for another 100 years. And yeah, because people, people, the, the, the most common question we get asked in ever of all time is, do you reckon, you know, how's how the do you reckon, property how, market? How's, yeah, how's the property market? And there's yeah. like, do you really we, think you can keep, yeah. do you really think you can keep doing what it's doing? And it's like, you know what, you're probably right. Um, it's done really, really well the last oh, 100 years. And mm. it's going to do probably uh, pretty well over the next, uh, Hundred years. years. So at the end of the, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long game. But yep. you don't go and spend all that money on stamp duty, forty grand on a million dollar property on stamp duty, or or selling to buy and turning it twenty grand on a real estate agent. You don't go and spend that much on transactionals mm-hmm. to get in and out within a couple of months or a couple of years. You're in it for the long game. The long game has always proven. The long game has always proven to be about fifteen percent return on your money every year over a 10 year period, but you've got to be in there for a 10 year period. And that's a real hard thing to do. It is. Well, I think that's a wrap. Um, thanks for everyone for watching. Anything else you want to add on to that, Mark? Our episode 193. Oh, minutes. I, you know what? It's, I love, I love going against the grain. I absolutely yep. love it. So for someone to get into a, a residential rental and optimize on low rents, for someone to get into a commercial retail and optimize on super low rents and lock it in, you are a clever puppy. Uh, equally buying, I think you don't know you're at the bottom of the market until you're, until you're, um, it starts going uh, up again. Yeah, it still starts going up. I genuinely think the bottom of the market was probably about five weeks ago. Yep. So, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, um, get busy and commit. Beautiful. Alrighty, guys. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Thanks, guys. Love you. See See ya. Bye.